Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, though. I am Giancarlo of Clan Herrera, Hiro Tsushima. And I am TJ the Brave. I'm just Amanda Facosta this week. I'm uh, Nick Palazzo Sensei. Nick Sensei. Mm-hmm. I'm Nick Sama, so there, there oh. we go. Nick Ojichan. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, we're talking about Ghost of Tsushima. Yay. Latest hey. PlayStation exclusive. The last one, I think. The final PlayStation exclusive. Four. PlayStation 4 exclusive. <laughs> PlayStation is dead. Um, yeah. Sp- I, spoiler alert, guys. I didn't want to give away the plot, but PlayStation dies at the end of the game. <laughs> anyway, so this week we're talking about Ghost of Tsushima. For context, I guess we should talk about who has and has not played. I played about... I guess at this point I'm nearing the 20-hour mark. I'm probably about halfway-ish through the game. I beat the game on stream. All of our live streams. My, <laughs> my playthrough is on our YouTube channel, so check it out there i did the whole game i think i did like it came out to like 30 to 40 hours i think after having done everything so yeah nice i beat that ish 29 hours nice something like that i i i didn't play it (laughs) i didn't i don't i can't play it but i watched um like five minutes a very specific five minutes of Palazzo's stream. <laughs> well, take it away, Amanda. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying. I'm not going to say anything. I'm just saying I watched five minutes. And from those five minutes, it was pretty neat. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. You heard it here first. Ghost of Tsushima is pretty it's neat. pretty neat. Talk pretty to you next week. <laughs> At least those five minutes top. are Can pretty Can we just put neat. a picture of Amanda on Instagram yeah. with a thumbs up? <laughs> yes, I can. <laughs> All right. Just to defend myself, the reason I didn't get to finish the game is because I was playing Paper Mario, which is also out today. So when you're done listening to this, go listen to that if you haven't already. Yeah. Unprofessional. <laughs> I'm going to let Palazzo... Uh, Lead us into the beginning of this review since you have platinumed the game. So I did. Where do you want to start, my, my good friend? I want to start actually by just stating, you guys know how in our very first episode, I think Nick mentioned video games, their art. This game is essentially the thesis statement of that concept. Um, this It's not a masterpiece by any stretch of the imagination, but in my mind, this is art and this might be one of the games I would show to a newcomer to any video game because the whole time I couldn't help but thinking I I was playing through a moving picture in a way and I especially want to highlight the art design and start by talking about that if that you guys are cool because um compared to The Last of Us 2 because that's the other most recent PlayStation <laughs> exclusive it, it, as a technical achievement that game I think was maybe just as if not more technically impressive but this game was more artistically impressive and just gorgeous like and i've never experienced in a video game me just stopping and taking screenshots every like hour like taking in the environments seeing it move all the time and 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 breathing that in as if it were real life so I, i was interested to see what you guys thought of it yeah, oh, man. I agree with you entirely there. From the very beginning, one of the the things that, that got me was just how well done everything was. And it's not just a matter of, like you said, like it's not just technically speaking. I think in some aspects, yeah, The Last of Us maybe is is a bit more technically proficient just in certain details. But the overall presentation, the package of this game is one of the most well-done games I've seen, artistically speaking, altogether. And you see that before the game even starts, with the amount of options they give you in presentation. You have uh, English with no subtitles, English with English subtitles, you could do Japanese with English subtitles, Japanese with uh, Japanese subtitles, I think. There's the black and white. The Kurosawa mode, yeah. Kurosawa. They have different audio modes, like the uh, the regular, you know, like TV speakers, and they have like a home theater setup, and then they have your headphones and 3D audio in your headphones. Like, they really want to make this a an experience for you in a, in a cinematic sense. 
Yeah. Not not in the way where people dunk on games though, like it taking away control from you. Because I found that uh, I never I never felt like things were being stripped away from me, but I did feel like overall it just it was very immersive, for lack of a better word. I don't understand why though that they only lip synced it for the English and not for the Japanese. Because I don't know anybody who played this game with the English dub. And if they were going for this samurai film kind of look, that just confused me. It, it was a shame too because a lot of people did start with Japanese, and then the uh, the poor lip syncing really just threw them off. So they went and did the English dub. That's exactly what happened to me. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's a shame because the Japanese voice cast—they're phenomenal. I heard a little bit of the English, and they were pretty good too. But I, I feel like a lot of people would want to like go towards the Japanese voice actors because. I don't know, it feels more authentic. I'm a little lost because did they only do motion capture for like the English speaking? Yes. Like the, the mouths. So like not... all the words only match up the English speeches. So if you listen to Japanese, their mouths don't match it and it looks really weird. Especially if you have the subtitles, you can see them mouthing the English subtitles, but you hear Japanese. Yeah. It's like the yeah. reverse yeah. effect of like old kung fu movies. That's very strange. I know. But I I think because it's an English studio and they really designed yeah. it for uh an American Sony, audience, right? but what next? It's Sony. It's it's Sony. It's only it's a Japanese Sucker console. Punch, Sucker Punch. But it only it's only out on Sony, right? This this game's only Yeah, on it's the a place Yeah, but it's still the studio. Yeah. Also, I mean, it like if we're being real, unfortunately, America first. Is just the the yeah. attitude a lot well, of students I, take. I thought that that PlayStation's where all the weebs are, so I thought that, and like like I said, nobody's playing the game in English. Well, which is why probably they went really hard in the paint with the Kurosawa mode and paying homage to that um, that cinematic style of old samurai movies. But this game was designed to be for I guess an American audience first, since it's a an American studio. It's for the weebs. Even the camera work, John, you mentioned um, that that was supposed to be super cinematic as well. There's moments where you're just walking through the environments and you're going up like a mountain and the camera pans out as you're walking up this mountain to see the whole world in front of you. And um, the fact that the draw distance of the game is incredibly super zoomed out as well. You could see like to the other side of the map that helps with the cinematic you know, experience that you're you're playing through and it was super cool to watch the only negative i would say on that was i fought with the camera a lot in this game yeah, i it did was, too it was kind of like up my ass when i was riding my horse or um it, it was weird in combat it, i didn't have total control over it but otherwise it, it was cool to see the cinematic uh camera angles they were taking yeah there have been times where i've been fighting someone and i can't even see them on screen at the moment and i'm just kind of continuing hits to the like my best guess until i have time to adjust the camera again same i would just run around and hope i wasn't getting hit yeah my last thing on the art direction was the world itself i constantly said is like its own character the way that everything moves and the way that it's utilized for the open world design you're interacting with the environment the whole time. You're not just looking at it and stuff is moving constantly. And I think the peak example of this is there's an opening scene where you're riding on your horse. You're riding through a field of flowers. The wind is blowing, moving everything around and the music just crescendos in this peak moment and the whole world becomes open to you. And I got chills. I did. I loved it. I'm like, all right, I'll buy 50. Thank you, Sony. Um, This game is gorgeous, and I I love stuff like that. It was so cool. Anyone do one of those tracking shots and just play around with that? What? So there's a camera option. Uh, If you hit, like, right on the D-pad or something like that, and it brings up a little camera, and you can literally take photos and move the camera over and then when you hit like triangle or something it plays it and it makes a whole tracking shot of whatever you're seeing oh, that's and cool. you can like that's cool. change his expression you could change like the weather the yeah. wind like all of that i don't know why they threw it in there but like it's really cool i'm wondering if sony requires that of their exclusives because all the big ones i can think of have that like god of war spider-man mode. yeah yeah. Like that particular photo mode, they all feel pretty much the same. And I'm curious. I'm like, maybe. Maybe it's like to help promote for like streamers and stuff. I don't know. I guess. Yeah. No, the, the world is beyond gorgeous. And it bleeds into two things that I want to talk about at least. Uh, very briefly is music. And then it bleeds into how I played the game because of the way that it was presented to me. 
Um, so music, I just, I'm going to come out the gate with my big opinion straight up. So far, not having finished it, uh, I think this very well may be the best use of music I've experienced in a game ever. The the music, it just, it always evoked exactly what it needed to evoke. And even like if I saw certain things coming in like cutscenes, like it was able to like get genuine emotional reactions out of me, which is not... I don't know, like it's not super common. And so I, I appreciate that. And just sometimes you don't notice it and sometimes you do. But regardless of whether you do or don't, it goes into building the atmosphere of the moment. And so for me, I think it may be my favorite use of music in a game. Even if like the songs themselves individually are not like the most memorable. Like it's not like I'm not going to listen to it the way I listen to like Doom, you know, like when I'm at the gym or anything. But I, I think for what it's doing... It's incredibly effective. Dude, Jin's theme, I already have it on my Spotify. That's the song where he's riding <laughs> out into that field and touching the flowers. Oh, it, yeah, you're right. It, it totally evokes emotions out of you. The music, it it got me pumped, got me hyped. It, it made me cry at some points. It's just, it does its job and it does it at its peak possible form, I think, compared to other PlayStation exclusives. I personally prefer the Final Fantasy VII remake music, but I'm a fanboy of that game, so of course I have a preference to that, but the way music is utilized here is masterful, I think. Yeah, the soundscape in that is amazing, and even outside of just the music, just like walking around through towns, you can just pick up random conversations that don't matter at all, Mm -hmm. and like people just conversating, and like everything gives you better immersion. Oh, uh, with the game in the world. If we're going to talk about audio, let's talk about a little one of my glitches that I found. Oh, no. uh, audio leveling is wild in this game. At least uh, the setting I had it for, for the headphones I had, I chose like 3D headphone audio because I wasn't using the TV speakers or anything like that. And so that's when I'm really paying attention. I like to use my headphones. Um, and for some reason, during certain sections, particularly when you're going, the game has certain mythic quests to get like legendary uh, pieces of equipment for some reason anything that had to do with those quests was like it would blow your ears off mm. um it was very very weird so it would happen there's a little cutscene that it does which is like a painting and you watch it that always super super loud and then usually at some point on that path you would end up in a duel like a one-on-one sword fight with someone and anything they said during that was also super loud. I've, I've noticed it a few other times in regular gameplay, but particularly in those quests is when it stood out to me. I thought it was weird. Uh, Palazzo, you said you, you didn't encounter anything like that? I encountered a different audio issue. No one ever got immensely loud for me, but there was times where they were really quiet. Sure. And I had to listen for them in, in, in only certain moments. It didn't happen always. Between all the different settings, I'm sure it was just a lot of work. And it's possible that some of it just slipped through the cracks. Not saying they necessarily get a pass, but also it wasn't like a game-breaking issue. For but me. that's... Like, no, you're right. Headphones. That was my biggest critique was this game, um, although it does a lot of things well, it doesn't seem very polished because I ran into a, a, quite a few glitches. Like, there was times where I would try to activate a quest, and it it wouldn't give me the option to speak to someone at all. Yeah, I ran into... I think you saw me run into that on stream today. I might have. Did you guys ever just float somewhere? No, I didn't run into that one. There were literally points where, like, I would be, like, jumping somewhere, and he'd be crouched with his arms up and just, like, gliding for a while. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't know why you're doing this. Um, Oh, you want to know a crazy one that I ran into? Huh. Um... Out of nowhere, just started happening, right? So I, I would walk up to someone. I wouldn't press anything. You would hear a slashing sound, like the sword sound effect. And then they would get hit as if I swung my sword at them. But I Weird. wouldn't touch them. I would just walk right up to them. It would, it would do it. You could see it on stream. I'm like, what the hell? And it, until I think fast traveled somewhere else and reset was when it went away. But for a while, I was stuck in that. I killed a spearman, and his spear stayed up in the air, twirling in circles around me. (laughs) There was also one point where I did a one-on-one duel with uh, one of the Mongols, and then after I beat him, um, and, like, while I'm sitting there, because usually when you finish, like, a scene or something, he's just, like, chilling with his horse. Like, the other Mongols came back and beat my ass, and I don't understand (laughs) why. (laughs) Okay, so it seems like I I haven't run into many game-breaking bugs yet, but granted, I'm still not through with the game. So for you guys who have finished the game, is it safe to say that it's considered a relatively buggy game? 
I mean, aside from like those few things, not yeah. It was never game breaking. Okay, so like like silly like uh, the Assassin's Creed boats flying in yes. the sky. Yeah. That's okay. the perfect comparison. Assassin's Creed bugs. Like you could get over it, but it's annoying after a while. You know. So definitely something to take into consideration, but it's at least it's good to hear that so far in our experiences nothing has been game breaking or like lo- causing uh, loss of progress or anything like that. Nah. Right. Okay. Correct. I went several hours without ever saving the game. I only save when I go to log off so far in this game. I think I did too. Yeah. The autosave's nice. Let's move a little more into the experience of the game. So one of the things that struck me about just how beautifully done the world was is that I approached this game a little differently. I finished Paper Mario. That was my main assignment for this uh, this day of reviews. And then when I entered this game, I was like, cool, I want to get a good solid foundation. I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be able to finish the game. So I just want to get like a good chunk of it and have fun like the way i want to play it not the way i have to play it you know and be like how does it feel what i found is that yeah the the world is so well done and everything is presented so beautifully that i want to experience everything in this game sometimes i in a lot of other games i loot compulsively just to be like i don't want to miss anything i want to find everything in this game i decided i was like you know what i'm just gonna do the missions like the actual missions and if I see anything on my way to the missions that I'm interested in, I'll stop and do them. I have now literally stopped and I'm basically playing a completionist run of the game just because it's so tempting. Everything about the game is enticing from uh, the combat, which I'm sure we'll talk about plenty, but even little oh, things yeah. where um, there's like the golden birds that lead you to secrets in the world, which if you're going from area to area on the map, probably useless, but if you're just going around naturally... It is a nice way to find little hidden spots. Yeah. I wanted to live in this world because it felt like I was, as cheesy as it sounds, but like, yeah, I really felt like Ghost of Tsushima. But yes, I, I did. I felt like I was in the world and I felt like I was living in it and I felt like I wanted to explore it, which is a hard thing to accomplish, especially in a big open world game. So I, I definitely want to give them props there. It restored my faith in open world games because... Um, ever since the most recent, like, Assassin's Creed game started coming out, I've become, like, burnt out from open world games, and, um, I've always wanted less of them. I've been more driven towards single player experiences that are linear. Um, but this game utilizes the world and the story in such a way where everything, I wanted to do everything and everything seemed to matter. Like, um, even the wind mechanic itself, like, it's interwoven into the story it's described like oh that's your father guiding you and that's Mm -hmm. there's no um waypoints in the world everything that you're guided to is the world birds flying you follow the birds to different objectives you follow foxes to different shrines you follow the wind to guide you right and and that revitalized my energy into playing open world games and i thought it was done beautifully yeah i i think the wind mechanic in particular is uh, as simple as it is, a groundbreaking game mechanic. For me, it's it's a beautiful way to toe the line between not giving you anything, like in Morrowind, where it's just like, here are road directions, go figure it out. And then something like, uh, like Bioshock or Skyrim, where there's a clear marker taking you exactly to where you need to go. Um, yeah, I, I think it's... It's woven in beautifully as well. Everything is explained narratively, even if it's a simple explanation. Everything in this world makes sense in the world. Yeah, it's just it's a very nice way to inc- encourage natural exploration. Fast travel is there if you want it, but if not, just follow the wind, you know? And it's yeah. it's a lovely experience. And even other little quality of life stuff that I liked about exploring the world, it's some of these factors that kept it from becoming tedious are the game is designed, I think, to be fun. And so it doesn't concern itself too much with realism in the way that like certain, there are shrines which are usually like platform-y type challenges where you're jumping around on things and you're climbing up a mountain or whatever, stuff like that. And so I remember when I got to one, I made it all the way up and I was like, okay, cool, I got my reward. And then I was like, great, I got to climb down. And then it just, a button prompt popped up and it just said, press uh, R2 to descend. And it just popped me back at the bottom of the mountain. And I was like, oh, great. I did the thing. Like, I didn't necessarily want to climb back down just because. And I'm glad that they put little stuff like that throughout the game where it's just, cool, you had fun. 
you can climb down if you want. You don't have to. It's very user-friendly. And all the things that you're doing, it doesn't feel like busy work. It's They incentivize you to do it because certain things in the world give you health upgrades or sure. um, different things like that. Some are cosmetic, but it's done in such a way where you, you want to go out of your way to do these things. And it's not mm-hmm. just like, oh, pick up the collectible. Okay, I'm done. Go about my Because you're doing it for the actual encounter and not for the reward. Yeah. In my experience, at least. Yeah, I would agree, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Oh, and I, I just want to say, <laughs> traveling around the world with my horse, this is the best horse I've had <laughs> in any game. I'll say it. Better than Red Dead. Better than, I don't know, Shadow of the Colossus. I love my horse. I named it Sora because I love Kingdom Hearts, and I was attached to this horse. The my end. boy Nobu, man. Yeah, I'm man. Holding it down. My boy Nobu as well. We, yeah, TJ, you and I have the same horse, right? We do have the same horse. Yeah. TJ, I'm curious, where did you spend most of your time in the game as far like the stuff that you did? Because I know you didn't necessarily platinum it. So what on your journey, where did you find yourself spending most of your time and what did you like the most or dislike? So the first like six hours I was playing, I wasn't even focused on like the story. I was just going around doing stuff. And then like you just get addicted to it. So I'm like, no, like I have a deadline. I want to be able to finish this game. But like. I would just go to the destination and then like I'd see a bird. And I'm like, oh, let me follow this bird. Or I was just like, you know what? This town is on the way. Let me go um, help the people out in this town. And so like eventually it just kept like adding up and like following um, like the foxes and all this other stuff. So like eventually I was just when I finally was like, all right, let me focus on the story. Like, yes, I was missing the majority of like the things <laughs> that they give you to make the game easier. Yeah. Um, I actually have a note in here. Specifically, when I was like, I've been making the game harder than it has to be. And this was just like right before the end of the game. And I was like, oh, there's all these cool things that I just didn't yeah. get. But it's cool because like you can play the game without it. Like if you ever wanted to have a run where you're just like, I want to go hardcore. I don't want to use this. I don't want to use that. You don't have to get them, uh, which yeah. is pretty cool. Um, so me personally, I just took the hard route and then at the very end, I was like, all right, you know, let me go back and do like these mythic quests and stuff. The mythic quests are fun. Mythic quests. Those are some of the best side missions I've played in any game personally. I really like like the chain stories for like the characters too. Yeah. The character side missions are great. I think this leads us into a good discussion on mission structure and combat, which I think are, are the two big things to discuss in this game. Uh, Before we get there, though, just a little side note I want to take kind of in that vein, because pretty much everything you do in the game leads to some sort of gear acquisition or experience or what have you, something like that. And so I just want to take a really quick moment to talk about the, the gear leveling system, I guess, and see how it felt for you guys. I found personally that I really loved it, because... There are certain side quests where, you know, it's it's about a character or about something relating to a specific piece of equipment. Like, for example, I don't use the bow very much, but I still love doing the bow quest, even though I do it with my sword. Like, I, I run around and I do whatever I want, just because I enjoy the quests. Um, but one of the things I like about the game is that it's not like Assassin's Creed, or at least the recent ones, where you get this locked, leveled piece of gear. Like, no, they're just... They're different gear, and honestly, it's not necessarily like one is better than the other. It really isn't. It's just that they serve different purposes. And so a lot of times when you're acquiring gear, be it armor or what have you, or the little charms that give you bonuses, a lot of times, especially if you know how you want to play and you're already mostly set up, you're not going to use most of the gear you get. But then every now and then you'll find one really awesome one, and it feels really exciting. So I'm curious... Uh, were you guys happy with the variety you got from the gear leveling system or did you want to see something done differently? I love it. Like, it, like literally, um, eventually, like I got charms that turned some of the gear that I was like, I'm never going to use this. I hate it at the beginning of the game. And then by the end of the game, I'm like, this is my favorite thing. Like mm-hmm. I was definitely like you, John Carlo. It was like, I hate this bow. It takes so long to take out. It's useless. And then by like late, like late game, I'm just like, Ooh, like I love this. Like this is like the best weapon ever. Yeah. And then like there's like small things. Like you can get things to distract people. And like one of those is my absolute favorite thing to do in the game. And every time I run out of them, I'm like, where can I get more? Because it just becomes <laughs> such a cool thing to have. Yeah. So 
Like, I love the leveling system. It's great. Yeah, this game is all about options. Like, however you want to play or however you think you... The things you could think of to play this game, you could do it. Whether it's, like, stealth, straight-up combat, being an archer. Um, there's so many different combinations of uh, gear, armor, charms that you could use. Uh, points for experience you could put into different abilities. Uh, the game lets you do it, and I think it, it was designed very well. And the thing about this game is it pulls a lot from different games over the years, right? Like the armor systems like Breath of the Wild or The Witcher, God of War for the combat, things like that. And the biggest thing about this game is it's not revolutionary in any way. It's nothing new. This isn't a new game, but it's evolutionary in the fact that it pulls from all these different games, but it does it so well. Mm. and i i would like to see that from other games too like you know you could give me more of the same as long as you utilize these tools incredibly well and that's what they did with the combat and the leveling system in this game and i i really enjoyed it you brought up something about how the game gives you choice and i i fully agree because you can build different loadouts and you can even change to a completely different loadout on the fly in an encounter if you really want that's to. my favorite thing yeah if you don't mind mm. spending time in menus you can really optimize the hell out of this game uh, one of the places where I did find a little dissonance between the the game and how I wanted to play was that I, so far, now I'm starting to try and be a little more eclectic just because I realize that I'm making the game harder for, like, no reason. Um, but I've been following the, the samurai path where... Because the game is very much about, like, you are a samurai and you follow the traditional, like, tenets of their fighting style... And then you're kind of forced to go into stealth because of the situation. And that's considered dishonorable. And so I think it's a, it's a big source of tension um, at certain points in the game. But me, like, there's a really cool standoff mechanic where when you enter an enemy encampment, you can challenge them and people will run up to you and you get the first, you know, you're announcing yourself. So you get bonuses for entering basically this really quick duel with a certain number of combatants. And then you start the all-out battle. Uh... On the other side, you can sneak into a camp, you can assassinate people silently, you can like, chain the assassinations as you level up. You have choice there. One of the things I found that was weird, though, is that regardless of how I played the game, it was still going to make the comments it was going to make, no matter what. Which is, it's not, it doesn't detract from the game, but I do kind of, like, in a perfect world, I'd be like, wow, I'd love to see the game adapt to like based on how much like what percentage of my fighting style is what kind you know mm-hmm. i was doing all of my fights honorably i'm sure a real samurai would be disgusted but as far as the game mechanics go i was approaching it always in the honorable way and then one of the characters was like that fighting style it's the fighting style of a demon you don't that's not a samurai, like, and I'm like, N- what? What are you talking about? I, I stand, I standed them off. I, I fought in the open. What do you want? Um, so the game, and it is called Ghost of Tsushima, so I get it. It wants you to go stealth. I think I just the combat has been so delicious in this game that I don't want to be a stealth archer like I am in every other game. And so I, it, it'd be nice to like see it react to the changes in in style yeah honestly in act one in particular i went full samurai for a different reason not necessarily because of the story but because the combat is so good it's for me personally top five combat systems in any game genuinely and just what you could pull off with the sword fights you're you're changing stances you're dodging you're parrying you're you're throwing out kunai uh you could pull out your bow and uh snipe archers from far away Mm. and it becomes like a dance almost at first the way the game progresses you start off you're very rusty with the sword fights and the combats and you're growing with the game you're becoming better with it and then they introduce a mechanic that challenges you hey now do that combat and don't even get hit you know and uh it wasn't in an artificial way that this combat system was progressing. I felt it was very natural, and I felt I was getting better, and I love that about it. But the thing with the um, the story of it and the ghost methods, it it did force you in a way to utilize some of those things because of the story, yes. even if you didn't want to. So I could see that as a complaint. I didn't mind it because they also cleverly introduced a lot more ghost mechanics to you that incentivized you to use it 
And you could see that as Jin's progression, who's the main character through the game too, and his persona slowly becoming more towards the ghost. And I thought that was an interesting way to present that to the player. I agree. I, I think it's well done. I def- It's not a complaint necessarily on my end. It's more like a wish list item, like if, mm-hmm. if I could go back and change anything. Because even like when you're, uh, sometimes when you're writing with a companion on, on the way to a quest, you guys are talking and you have different options. And there's like the obvious like dark like ghost option. And then there's like the more hopeful option. And so from where I am right now, I have a feeling that the story is going to play out how it's going to play out regardless. And I'm okay with that because I I don't mind a a storyteller telling a set story. It's just, it's a little weird to give choices. Just like the story is like, no, yeah, I mean, you had choice. Like maybe you're, you're a good ghost, but you're still a ghost. You know, they also frame it in a way where they're saying like, oh, the Mongols are different. They don't play with honor. So you have to use dirty tactics, too. Yeah. It tries to convince you that uh, the stealth method's OK. But also as a gamer, you're almost hardwired to think, oh, stealth is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But the game, at least in the beginning, it makes you feel bad for going the ghost route. And I thought that was cool too because there was times where um i did an aerial assassination on someone and it flashed back to me when i was younger with my uncle saying Mm -hmm. uh if you don't look a person in the eye you have no honor i'm like oh i i shouldn't be doing this like will the outcome of the game change if i continue down this route and that was so cool that it made me think that way in terms of story and gameplay i love that yeah i i fully agree and that's that's the place where from where i'm standing right now where it kind of looks like it's not gonna change because it makes you think so much about it it'd be nice to see options mm-hmm. um but overall I, I don't really have complaints with how the story is being told so far I, I think it makes sense i'm just being a i'm being stubborn and i really <laughs> be a samurai hey everyone it's your friendly neighborhood samurai here with a few quick announcements first of all we want to give a very special thank you to all of our founding parents for making our launch indiegogo such a big success these include Adriana Alarcón, Juan Sorrilla, Will Williams, Anne Baird, Giovanni Sorrilla, Andrea Jimenez-Neste, Claudia Acosta, Marshy A., Jerry Benetados, Katrina Scott, Carolina Riverol, Alejandro Alarcón, Alexia Wilde, Giovanni Neste, Daniel Utset, and Zenobia Ash. Thank you all so much. Next. If you've enjoyed what we're doing here on Should I Buy It, though, please go check out our other podcast, Dungeons and Drimbas. We just started our first full season, and it's full of laughs and drama and everything in between. If you like what we're doing here, we really think you might like what we're doing over there, so go give it a listen. And last, if you're wondering how you can help support the show, we have a Patreon page. You can go to patreon.com slash shouldibuy, or just go to whimsicproductions.com, and that'll link you through to everything there. There are some wonderful rewards, and you can join stuff like our Discord, where you can vote on what games we're going to be doing next, ask some questions about the games that we're reviewing at the moment, or even share your thoughts in an episode. And if you like what we're doing here, please consider leaving us a review in the podcast app of your choice. Writing a little something about what you enjoy about the show really helps to get it in front of more people. And right now, we want to get as many people in here as possible, so we appreciate all of the support. Again, thank you to all of our founding parents, and thanks to you for listening. I'll let you get back to the episode. So yeah, let, I, we're in the combat system, so let's talk about uh, some of the stuff in combat. F- first of all, I think I already said it, and I said it because that's literally how I wrote it down, but the combat is delicious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, with the exception of animal encounters, there is not a single encounter I have not run headfirst into. Anytime I see another enemy combatant, I'm like, let's go, let's fight. I've never avoided any fights in this game and that's it's easy to fatigue on combat but no like this game is great and yeah there's so many different mechanics where like today earlier on stream i remember i hadn't really been parrying at all i'd been using a lot of evasion and i was like okay we just started chapter two i'm gonna dedicate the next few fights to figuring out parrying like let's compare it let's learn the system let's see what the differences are and i was like oh wow this is actually like way more complex than i expected uh, and there are different reasons to use either one. And so, yeah, it, it's wonderful that you can learn and evolve and grow with the combat as your character is growing. The stances. The stances make such a huge difference in combat. It's an early realization that you make. But 
before I made that realization, I was like, why am I dying so much in, in one particular encounter? And then I was like, wait, let me change stances. And something that I had been dying at for like 15 minutes, I took care of in like two. It was just like that. And so I, I'm shocked at how fluid, but also detailed the combat system is. It, it really is, to me, unprecedented. My favorite thing on the stances is it tells you which stances work best against certain opponents. Mm-hmm. But me, being me, um, I would go into the stance, fight these opponents. But like the very first thing it tells you is if you hold triangle, you can do certain things. I just didn't do that. <laughs> everything so much harder yeah and that's the thing too about what i said of this game is an evolution and mastery of things that have been presented in other games like the stand system that's a neo 2 to a much lesser extent but in that game it's almost trivial like you don't have to use and in yakuza yeah they have uh styles different different fighting styles kind of absolutely thing. Um, and in this one, it definitely encourages you. You almost have to use all the different stances. And I like how you go into slow motion when you're holding the um, the R2 button to change to a different oh, stance, yeah. right? Cool. And it, it gives you an opportunity to think, like a pause in the flow of the combat. Like, okay, there's a guy with a sword coming at me from over there, but there's this guy next to me that's about to hit me. And you're planning out the attack in real time. Like, like I'm going to dodge roll out of the way, switch to this other stance. And um hold the triangle button to stab him and then shoot an arrow over here. It's, it's all part of that flow. Um, and it does it better than a game like Arkham, which also has a free flow combat, but you don't have the arsenal that you do in this game to really just wreck shit. You know, you feel like a badass in this game and it's awesome. The difference between this and other systems I find is that this game actually has, some level of of skill involved yes and i don't mean that in like a snooty way but i mean during the very opening section like it's basically an opening cinematic and you do some very light combat when i started i was like oh okay it's witcher combat and that's not a bad thing like i love the witcher but to me it's it's one of the games where you get surrounded by enemies and i can mash Square, if I see something's about to hit me, I'll roll and then I'll keep mashing square and it'll automatically lock on to the next enemy and eventually they'll all be dead. And so I thought it was going to be that. I thought it was going to be kind of mindless. But then, no, when they introduce all the detail, the stances and the different types of attacks and the fact that you need you need to break someone's shield before you can do some damage, it's it makes you actually think and do the dance and... It also opens up possibilities to you as opposed to being like, there's no reason to stealth. Like, I should just run into the circle and mash until they're dead. In this game, no. Like, it's it's whatever you enjoy most. It's whatever dance you like the most. So, I have on some occasions, you know, when I'm by myself and it's a big base and I'm like, maybe not. I'll go around and I'll do, I'll do the stealth dance. I'll take someone out. I'll come on the roof. I'll do something else. I'll throw a firecracker. I'll get people from behind. I'll do that. Then other times, like, a lot of times bases are kind of segmented, where enemies are mostly confined to an area, but not, you know, they don't have to be. And so it's happened to me before where I start fighting enemies in one area, and between doing the dance, I end up running around the whole base, and then I had, like, 20 people on me at once. And that was exhilarating and fun like it wasn't like oh no kill me so i can reset no like it was it was a challenge i wanted so it was like okay be in the middle take this guy out and then it was like i'm surrounded let's get some space so you roll you roll you get back you wait for people to come one by one you have to manage your stances because if not you're gonna get wrecked so it's which enemy am i gonna focus on yeah it, it makes you do that work mentally in a fun way if you don't understand the mechanics too, the game it's challenging. It's Absolutely, not yes. Easy. I died in the tutorial area, and I'm like, what? What? What's going on? I played Sekiro. I should be good at this, <laughs> but the the combat feels so good too that it it wants you or you want to learn. You yes. want to get better at it, and you do because about halfway three quarters through the game, there's a new mechanic that's introduced to you where it encourages you. Okay, do a combat area, but don't get hit now. Because then you get uh, upgrade A. You haven't gotten there yet, but you will. And that's super cool, too, because the game is expecting you to be so good at the combat at this point that you won't even be touched. To the point where if you do get hit, I was physically 
cringing because I'm like, oh, I messed up. No, what, what did I do wrong? <laughs> and it, I feel like you that's that journey where you come from getting wrecked in the tutorial to I, I'm not even going to get touched by you guys. You know, you you grow with the game. It's super cool. I love it. And it looks beautiful too. Like sometimes you're doing a dodge and I, I discovered one for the first time not too long ago. I had never seen it was I went to dodge from one enemy, but I was in the middle of a tight cluster and he rolled over the other enemy's back. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. I never saw that. That's so cool. Yeah, what? I mean, maybe it was a glitch or something that just looked perfect. But yeah, he, he literally did the roll over another enemy's back because I think it was he was ducking to avoid the arrow. And so I think he rolled oh. over him or something like that. I don't know. I, I've only seen it that one time. But either way, like all of it is awesome. Like I... Because I maxed out my evasion, my whole thing a lot of times is, like, I'll wait for someone to come at me to move out of the way and then get, like, an, a critical hit in on them. And stuff like that. Like, even those little uh, dynamic animations in the game look great and it conveys the, the, the sense of the motion yeah. perfectly. And so I, I always kind of feel like I know where I am except for when I'm fighting with the camera. And um, TJ, I'm curious to see what you think about this. And you too, John, to an extent. But... um. Every single upgrade, at least for me, and I don't encounter this often in games, every single upgrade that I could buy with experience points were useful in some way. I, I would sit on that upgrade screen for minutes at a time like I, I don't know what I want to get because I could see myself getting 10 different things right now that would improve my combat style. And I love that. Like it, 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 None of them seemed useless to me. Yeah, yeah, I remember sitting there and talking to my roommate, and I was like, there's so many things I can spend this on, and I don't know what to put it on, because I don't mm -hmm. know how to play it. They all take the same point. They're all under techniques, so I was like, I, I can do techniques. I can upgrade this. I can upgrade that. I can upgrade all my ghost weapons. I can upgrade the wind so I can find stuff. Like, it was just it's so expansive, um, but, like, I really enjoyed it, and it, I think it helped carve the way I played a little bit more, too, because I'm like, sure. all right, I'm going to have to do yeah. this since I have it now. But it and cool. I could see you not upgrading stuff for story reasons, like the um, – what's the dagger called, the ghost dagger? The Tanto. The Tanto. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, at the beginning of the game, I'm like, I don't want to upgrade that because it's wrong to upgrade that, yeah. you know? And I thought that was cool that I was playing that mind game with myself. I'm like, normally I would because it's useful. It's giving you useful stuff to make you better. But I'm like, no, I, I don't want to do that. I'm not supposed to, you know? Yeah, the really cool thing about that, like, in-game is because, like, if you look at it for the upgrades, they were just like, kill people quieter, kill people faster. And I remember um, at one point, I was just like, how can no one hear them? Because I'm assassinating and people are like so loud. But if you max it out, it's literally just silent. And I think it's really cool that the game incorporated that, where it's just like he's just getting better at using it. He gets stuff. better, yeah, exactly. The thing he was so foreign to at the beginning. Well, one of the reasons I haven't had as much of a dilemma with my upgrade path is because i have chosen to max out the style that i'm playing at least at the moment um so i'm like okay cool i'm not using that skill because that's not how i'm playing the game right now yeah and so my paths are a little more delineated but if i wasn't doing that yeah i'd be having like a midlife crisis every time i had a freaking skill point to spend um just like you said funny enough i have yet to upgrade the tanto at all yeah, uh, I I save my iron, I save my steel, and I go. I'll just go for the next sword upgrade. It's fine. But yeah, no, th th it's it's such a robust upgrade. I think I texted you, Nick. I think right when I started the game, I went, "Wow, this skill system is extensive." Oh, it absolutely is. It's a big and um, the other thing too that I thought of gameplay wise, how it changes based on boss fights. First of all, boss fights are super cinematic and gorgeous. Yes. They're fantastic in this game. But it's almost like a Mortal Kombat fight, but not. Yeah. In a way, <laughs> it is. It totally is. You're meant to fight each boss with honor, yes. right? Because it takes away your bow. It takes away your throwables like the kunai and the, the smoke bombs and stuff. It takes away all that. It's just you, your sword, and the other guy, too. And it really... Those fights force you to um, utilize the core sword combat, dodging, parrying, and all that. And I I love that concept where this person is worthy enough for you to throw all that other shit away. It's just mano a mano, you know? I yeah. loved it. No, they're, they're super fun. They're, they're engaging. And all of them have their own fight style too. So yeah. I've really, really enjoyed those because I first encountered it on one of the, the mythic quests. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. And so the more they've popped up, I've... 
I really enjoyed them. Almost like the Valkyrie fights in God of War, but not as like, not as optional. So I found they're a little easier, definitely, than that kind of stuff. They're more fair. Nothing in this game one-shots you, which I like. Everything just, it feels like a real fight. And the same goes for you on other people. Like, if you're going to do an assassination or if you're doing the standoffs and someone, you can just as easily one-hit kill a regular degular foot soldier <laughs> as you can one of the leaders in the camp. It just depends on who's there. And whoever you're engaging with, you, you, you know, it's fair. Because if I slit your throat, I don't care if you're the boss or if you're nobody. You're going to die. And so I appreciate that it does that. And then I also appreciate that, you know, when you're in hand-to-hand -hand combat, like, nothing feels unfair just for the sake of difficulty. It's, they ramp up difficulty by making you balance things, but not by being like, this guy's gonna grab you and rip your jaw off your face. How do you guys feel about the resolve system, where it basically rewards you for playing better? Yeah, I think that's great, because it, it's, again, it's one of those things that feeds into that loop of incentivizing you to learn the systems of the game and take make use of different stuff as well yeah resolve i think is the most useful um what is it called upgrade you could get i would hunt down the bamboo sticks in the game purely because i wanted those extra resolve circles mm -hmm. because they, they give you so much more options and they're essentially your lifeline too you could heal with them and you could save yourself from death and stuff such so i really like that system a lot i think all the systems play into each other nicely do, do you guys have any gripes with any of the systems or no not that i can think of no well that should tell you all you need to know <laughs> <laughs> honestly and the npcs are useful too they help you out yeah that leads into i guess the next thing i wanted to talk about which is kind of mission structure and something i really love about this game is that yeah it's a big open world you can kind of go do whatever you want but when you're in a mission you're in a mission you know it yeah. lets you know it's like hey you're about to start a mission and when you start it, generally, you can't really stray from the path. But it doesn't feel restricting because the missions are not, you know, hour-long endeavors. Usually, a mission is maybe 10, 15 minutes. You go, you do a few, a few things here and there, and then you're done. Because it doesn't... It tries to build out its cast so that everything feels significant. So, because there's no, like, throwaway characters, it allows you to be like, okay, we're not going to tell this whole story in in a 45 minute quest because that's going to tire you out and we still can't get the detail we want. So instead we're going to make this a nine episode thing and you can't even do them all in one shot. It's kind of like the red dead side quest system in that you have these recurring encounters with people, but I loved the way it was structured. I loved the way it told stories over time and I loved the way they were segmented into their own little things that were, I never wanted a quest to be over because it was always, it always ended pretty much at its peak. It was very well paced. Even when you're traveling, very rarely are you traveling in silence. You're having some interesting discussion or something's going on in the environment that keeps your attention. So it's full of captivating material. Nothing feels like filler. Even the one-off side quest with random like peasants. You know, you go to save someone on a bridge. It's its own adventure. It's its own thing. Yeah, so how, how did you guys feel about the way missions were structured, I guess? Brilliant. Um, it was part of the pacing too, which was super well done. The um, the dichotomy between the moments of super serious samurai combat stuff and you're just you're chilling with maybe your buddy at one point, just talking with them. Mm -hmm. And um, it, what you were talking about, the supporting characters that you got to visit throughout the span of the whole story, you grew with them too and got to get to know them as characters throughout all three acts of the game, and you felt the attachment to them in main story missions where they were fighting alongside you uh, to the point where I'm like, Oh, I, I got to go defend this person. Cause I don't want him to die. So you're fighting near them. Or um, I was a bow user, right? So if I shot someone with a bow, Ishikawa would say, Oh, you've gotten better mm -hmm. since that uh, first mission I spent with you. I'm like, Oh, that's super cool. They're reacting to me growing because we did those side missions together. It, it was awesome. And I, I, I got attached more so to the supporting cast than the main characters. Totally agree. If we're yeah. going to talk main characters, though, I do think that from where I am right now, some of the coolest scenes in the opening of the game are between your uncle and uh, and what I assume is the main antagonist for at least most of the game. Yeah. There are some really cool scenes betwixt the two of them. 
And just listening to them talk and the music underscoring, I thought it was so fabulous. I like I, yeah, it, it was exciting. Everything in this, all of the the bits of story in this game are told in an exciting fashion. It Side note, makes Plaza. Me want to see more. Since you took the completionist route, you did the um the like mini arcs before you completed the campaign, right? Yes. So, for me, because I only did like one or two of each of their things later. In the game, like, while they're helping you out and stuff, they go back and refer to it. And he'd be like, yeah, I know we didn't finish doing this, but we'll do this after the war. Did that happen to you? Did they be like, all right, after we, like, did they refer to that afterwards? No, not at all. That's super cool if they, you know, paid attention to that detail based on where you were in the story. They didn't say that at all to me. Yeah, like, legitimately, there was, like, one conversation. She was like, after the war. It was like, I know we haven't helped you do this, but after the war, we're going to go back and we're going to do this. And she was like, yeah. Oh, interesting. No, they would always reference stuff that we already did. Because I tried to do the side missions before I went and did the main mission. That was, like, the last thing I would do in an area. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Oh, that's really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Um, Jin's arc, well, I don't think... It's hard to say about him as a character. I don't think him or his personality are that interesting, but the circumstances of the story and the themes surrounding him mm-hmm. make him interesting, if that makes sense. And scenes between him and his uncle were my favorite in the game. I always found those scenes to be super fascinating because of their different um, ideologies, I guess. He has a little bit of a Jon Snow character uh, complex where... yeah. He's kind of a bland character in a really interesting plot line. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a bad thing. And I, I think even... I still think he's more engaging than a lot of other video game protagonists. Just yeah. I think it's cool because it helps push the cast around him to make them so yeah, much stronger. for sure. He's more reserved, but it makes sense story-wise. So I've never felt wanting for more from him necessarily. But I, I definitely... I can see where, where, yeah, he is maybe not necessarily anything super special on his own i think the people around him made him more interesting like yuna and his uncle in particular were the two i was always paying attention to when they were interacting with each other because those two characters are essentially the same as the combat system where it's like be a samurai or be a ghost yeah those were the story characters of that same conflict and i liked how they how they utilize those two i agree wholeheartedly i think my favorite note in here just says Every time I say I wish, the game seems to answer. <laughs> so I was like, I yeah, wish well, I had this. Oh, wait, no. Yeah, well, no, like this game constantly, I was just like, wow, it takes this thing about this other game and just makes it better. Like the camps are what I wanted out of the camps in like Assassin's Creed Odyssey. The combat is like a mix of God and War and Witcher, but makes them both better. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it just seems like an improvement. And yeah, every time... I don't necessarily find myself lacking just yet, but it it introduces you with a wealth of options that only enrich the experience. Oh, sorry. I totally forgot about this one thing. My biggest complaint, it's not the camera. It's the freaking water. The dumb water looks horrible. (laughs) It looks awful. It's astounding how bad it looks. They must have cut a corner to make everything else look absolutely gorgeous, to make the lighting look great, like the sun beaming through the trees, the leaves flying everywhere. It was at the cost of the freaking water because it looks it looks horrible. <laughs> I, I, do you guys, th- did you notice that? I, I didn't think the water was anything special, but I, I guess I also had to try not it to It also depends on where the water, water is, too. Yeah, there's like, the muddy water in that one Yeah, section. there's, like, muddy water. There's, like, a really cool lake. Um, there's by the ocean, rivers. There were times, I will say, I, I, to your point, Palazzo, uh, in, like, the second section of the game where I was trying to ride my horse because it looked like it was just shadow, shallow, like, pools of mud, basically. And it turns yeah. out, nope, that's full water. You can't go in there. And I was like, oh, okay. Sometimes it looked like a sheet of ice. I'm like, oh, no, this is water that's just not reacting in the way that water should be reacting. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, go go Google it, guys. It looks fucking awful. Google <laughs> <laughs> Tsushima water. I'm sure you can find yeah. essays on it at this point. It's, it's oh, it's bad. No, I don't see anyone talking about it, but I found one image, and uh, it's like you said, it looks like a sheet of ice. Yeah, and and it's like summery outside. It's not. He's not in a cold climate either. So I guess uh, Nick and Amanda are non-players. Do you have any like outstanding questions? I guess if you were considering buying this game, that 
might you might still be wondering i heard and saw that the stealth ai is very dumb in this game <laughs> yes yes it's so dumb not cool with me being a stealth um so it's really fun um <laughs> and then they also give you equipment to improve your stealth but i also found times where i would die and then i would get less and like it would still be stealth maneuvers but i'd be less covert about it to the point mm-hmm. where like i was like i want to go kill this guy i would jump into the water loudly in front of them and they were just like hmm. <laughs> on more than one occasion i snuck into a house killed the guards at the doors and then like i was trying to free a captive and i was like why can't i free you and there was a guard in the house with me like rummaging through some stuff yeah. and i had i had stood right next to him to kill one of the other guys and i just didn't see him because i guess he was behind me uh, but he had not noticed me the whole time I was running around. I think I the like, most oh, ridiculous okay. thing that's happened to me is um, at some point, like if you choose to do the quest, you can get exploding arrows. Yes. And so with that bow, I'm like, okay, this is longer. I can snipe this guy. But you have regular arrows. You have exploding arrows. Sometimes I'd still be on exploding arrows, shoot an archer and make a giant <laughs> explosion and no one would react. He would die in a fiery abyss on top of a tower, and no one even was just like, let me go check that out. (laughs) I had a horrible glitch happen to me in terms of stealth where I wasn't supposed to alert the guards at one point or else the mission would fail. And I got spotted by one, and the whole camp was running around in circles, but nothing was happening. I thought the mission would end. I'm like, what? What happened? So assassinate him really quick. No, what I did was I ducked behind a tent. And then I waited a little bit, and they stopped looking for me. And then I just interacted with the thing I was supposed to interact with. I was like, huh? What? (laughs) Because the mission was supposed to end, but it didn't. So uh, a mix of poor AI and just a glitchy system, I guess. Also, Joy, they really encourage you to do stealthy things by giving you, like, crawl spaces to crawl under. They give you, like, hatches from roofs. And I'll just never use them. Yep, me either. It was was really easy, I guess, because of the dumb AI, but... It's the only way that it's enticed me to use stealth at all is because I could still be relatively quick and and kill things, you know? Like, in a game, I have no problem with sitting in a bush and waiting, like, two minutes for an enemy yeah. to come in front of me so I could take them out. In this game, I would not do it just because I don't want to play in that route, but sometimes I'm running up to someone and I'm like, well... I'm here. It's not giving me the option to do the standoff, which is another bug I ran into often. Standoffs were, like, hard to activate. Mm-hmm. It's not giving me the option to do the standoff, but it is giving me the option to assassinate him. So I may as well. And so it'd be a quick assassination, and I'd keep running into the camp. I'm also sad, because sometimes I'd have, like, an assassination prompt. I'd press it, and instead I would just slash the guy and end up oh. in an all-out battle. <laughs> I think their goal was to be user-friendly and make you a badass ninja samurai rather yeah. than making the the stealth missions grueling and awful you know i agree i think they went fun first and foremost and sure you can nitpick it in some places but i think overall the dumb ai almost adds to the fun factor yeah you don't once you are in combat it's not like you know it's not stupid easy it's just when you're being stealthy i guess you're a ghost so they can't see you (laughs) also the thing where he can roll from jumping down places that shit never worked for me he's always getting fucked up yeah, I've only gotten it to work once. Yeah. Oh, you gotta <laughs> hit it right before you land. Hits no, I'm right like spamming it, bro. He just does not do it. Really? Yeah, bro. I'm always losing health from jumping off stupid shit. Huh. But it got to the point where I had so much revol- resolve, I would just hop off stuff, and as long as I didn't die, I'd just stand back up and go yeah. get some later. So do we have anything else, or do we feel like we might be ready to move into a vote? I think we could probably vote. Amanda, those five minutes. When... <laughs> I... You know, the worst part is that I really can't even talk about what happened in those five minutes. <laughs> yeah. No, you cannot. <laughs> no, I yeah, cannot. But but I'll say it again. Those five minutes made the game seem pretty neat. So... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's Amanda's vote. Pretty neat. There you go. Pretty, pretty neat. neat. All right. Pretty. Well, I can't say anything. Pretty neat. We're going to stick with that. So <laughs> in the case of Ghosts of Tsushima, how do we vote? I vote buy it. I know I haven't finished the game, and I was, like, wary about coming into a review without having finished it, but I guess at this point, you know, 20 hours in, you know whether you're going to like the game or not. And so far, uh, I think this might become one of my new favorite games. Possibly top three. Whoa. Wow. Okay. If not top three, then definitely somewhere in my, like, top five, top ten. 
But yes, I, I could definitely see myself, once I'm done with the game, going back to just finish the Platinum and doing everything in this game. Fair enough. I'd say buy it. Um, this is one of the rare instances where I'm just like, this is, like, even though I completed the story, like, I'm going back and I'm playing it. I'm going to get the Platinum at some point. And then I'm probably just, because I played on Medium, so I'm probably going to go back and play on Hard. Just I want to go back and play on hard in black and white. Because, <laughs> like, the story is... A, I'm not going to lie. The story is a little predictable. Um, but you're never upset about it. Because yeah. it's cool to experience and it's cool to watch. And it also makes you question everything. Because <laughs> I definitely went around. I was just expecting everyone I ever came across to betray me. <laughs> yeah. Even for just the sake of the art direction and the music... I can't wait for one day, maybe shortly here, for people to make big paintings of still images they find in uh, this game. Oh, and yeah. uh, for the combat, too, like this game is absolutely a buy. And um, if you're a big Sucker Punch fan, there's a really cool Easter egg in there that you could find. Um, I was fangirling over it, but yeah, buy this game. It's great. I wouldn't say it's in my top five, but it's. I think it's in my top 20, I'd say. It's definitely one of my favorite games to play. Well, you heard it here first, folks. In the case of Ghost of Tsushima, you should buy this game. Right now. Don't even go to the store. Just download it, bro. Yeah. Yay. Go go restore honor or lose honor. I don't know where the story's going, so we'll see. We don't get to, we don't get to vote. It's three out of five. Get out of here. No. I don't get to. I don't get to throw my two cents. What do you vote? Throw your two cents, Nick. No, not a cent higher. It doesn't matter. What does it matter? It doesn't matter. You like you like generic stuff. It's fine. Do you like jazz? <laughs> oh. This isn't generic. Nick Ochi-san, what is your um, disposition? So, like, all right, we were talking about music. I was going to say music is really good, but uh, not, like, the best I've ever heard or anything. I, I Probably it'll get nominated at the Game Awards, but I think Doom Eternal is still going to win that yeah for sure it has better music to listen to like on its own but i think uh where it's being used for me it's just super effective in a way that i haven't experienced uh gameplay looks yeah looks really good i i didn't play it i've just been watching palazzo and big and little chunks um and then story so yeah it's not fair because i don't really like samurai or ninja stuff uh I, i like japanese stuff but i'm very picky you know, I've only seen like four animes, and that might be even a lot to some people. <laughs> um, but I, I like games like like Yakuza. I've put in so many hours, and I've finished the whole series and that spinoff game. That's like eight games of Japanese gangsters. So I can be like very much into Japan stuff, but uh, feudal Japan and samurai and ninjas doesn't really do it for me. And uh, yeah, like. The story doesn't really... I I had a hard time getting into the story. The main character doesn't really do it for me. And uh, I'd actually rather play as the Mongols because I think the Mongols are are badass. I would love to see like DLC where you play as one of the Mongols or something. That'd be cool. Mongols were badass, dude. They were great. The gameplay, I'm sure, is really good. Um, And in the game, like even... Like Spider Man, the P- PlayStation one. I didn't like. Um, I don't like superheroes, right? But I, I like. I can tell that's very good gameplay, and I was playing that, and I was hooked. Yeah, but I still wouldn't make that a game that you should buy, and I cannot, in good conscience. But it's, it's just because it's not for me. Yeah, I'd, I wouldn't give the game a buy. That's what I was gonna say, and it's nothing new to me. So Nick it's just like wanted Sekiro to give his two, and Nero. He's two cents to shit on the game that he didn't play. <laughs> I don't like your two cents, Nick. I'm gonna I'm gonna take those pennies and put them in my pocket. That's what I'm gonna do. I mean, to me, it just looks like a Sekiro and Nero, and it doesn't look like anything new. You gotta it's, feel it, it, dude. Like it does look like that, but it just feels totally different. Yeah, I I will say that like I came into the game with no expectations. I was like, I gotta play it for the show, whatever. <laughs> I was shocked at how good it is same just for the art direction alone that's gonna win the game award for that category for sure oh yeah oh yeah that yeah it looks like a samurai movie with the yeah constant floating uh flying leaves and floating petals and stuff and gorgeous Nicole amanda you want to throw your pair of pennies at us no, bye. no I'm, gonna, I'm gonna keep my pennies for <laughs> uh, she think, liked those two so. cents uh of the five minutes that she watched pretty neat <laughs> 
A, someone's got to be the bad guy in this show. And I'm not going to put up with just okay games. Wow. This is a fantastic game. So this this is not the one you're referring to. (laughs) Guys, if you're watching this show, hit us up on Discord and tell us what you think about the game. Let us know if we're right or if Benetados is right. Trash me, dude. If you're not on our Discord, hop on that. I would phrase that differently, like let us know why we are right and why Nick is wrong. Yeah, you know? <laughs> let me know why I'm wrong. Everyone, Trash everyone me. send hate, hate mail to Nicholas Benetados at twenty four twenty three <laughs> West East Palma Street, PO Box one two three four at Nick's house, United States. <laughs> at Nick's basement, he's got three stars on at Nick's lair. lair. Dungeon. Nick's, <laughs> Nick's dungeon. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, I think we've hit Ghost of Shima pretty hard. Uh, go buy it. Don't listen to Nick. Uh, we outnumber him. It's pretty neat. You heard it here. Um, you get to become the Hokage. <laughs> and if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, we also released our review of Paper Mario Origami King today. So go listen to that. Yay. Yeah. Yeah. Yahoo. Yahoo. And we'll, uh, we'll talk yeah. to you next week. <laughs> Later, guys. Bye. I'll see you on the next one because you're gonna watch, listen to Paper Mario. True, true. We'll see you in a few minutes. Go get some water, go to the bathroom, and then sit back down. Go be a samurai. Samurai. <laughs> I really feel like a ghost. Goodbye. Goodbye. God, you took long for that one. Okay. Right? <laughs> I forgot about it. <laughs>